Awesome. Well, we are still in uh, our series this year of the practices that we believe uh, lead to life, the way of Jesus. We believe that following Jesus isn't just like an intellectual pursuit, but it's a, a life lived and embodied in our daily uh, life together, our shared life together. So center, root, open, share. We center everyone, everything on Jesus. We want to share life, transformative life with one another and Jesus. We want to open our doors, our tables, our hands in hospitality. And we want to, uh, did I miss up? Open, root, root in place with people. Root in place with people. And so today we're going to look at centering, again, centering everyone and everything on Jesus. And today's a pretty practical day. I'm going to teach you how we as a community can call one another in to the center, how we can have some difficult and beautiful and transforming conversations and community life. The scripture, John 1, 14, this is concerning Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to proclaim to you this good news, that in a world that ruthlessly cancels all they disagree with, or weakly consents to everything done under the sun, Christ is inviting us to call in everyone toward the center of God's transforming love. When I moved to Waco, Texas several years ago in 2013, I got this, it was strange, I was not looking for a job um, but got a job at this kind of very large church. And I've never experienced uh, a big church like um, in terms of a staff or even going to a big church. So very big church like most churches in Texas, mega church, big like Texas. And I was uh, hired as a discipleship pastor. And they, with the discipleship pastor, they gave me a full-time administrative assistance, 40 hours a week. This person was to support me administratively. I've never done this before. I've never uh, had such, such uh, I guess, a, uh, this wonderful thing. But it wasn't so wonderful, let me tell you this. Because this person, uh, not, uh, not uh, I was not informed of this, but the previous discipleship pastor had basically been run off by this administrative assistant. Uh, very toxic, very um, unhealthy dynamics. Uh, this person thought they were the discipleship pastor, I guess, and um, wanted everything to go their way. So there was a lot of dysfunction, a lot of toxic um, ways of being. And so I walked into this completely blind and, number one, didn't know how to have a 40-hour Assistant, like I'd never done that. Like I'll do it myself, I guess. But also um, didn't know how to really manage this kind of unhealthy way of relating to me and like some of the passive aggressive stuff that was going on. So I, what I ended up doing, this is how it happened. I needed to have this like kind of come to Jesus meeting, kind of like talk it out. But what I ended up doing was kind of like trying to just ignore it <laughs> and just like kind of maybe every once in a while passive aggressively like 
mm, shouldn't do that. That seems kind of weird, you know, or just kind of hem haw around it. Um, uh, and so I kind of, I, I couldn't, and I did this, I just consented to her shenanigans until I couldn't take it anymore. And then I moved straight into calling her out and firing her. And she was like shocked, hurt, um, angry. And our relationship was severed. Like, I never saw her again after that day in my office. She never stepped foot in the church again. She had been going there for 20 years. And it was just done. And so I didn't have an imagination for a better way to move forward with this, with this person as a, my sister in Christ. I, the only imagination I had was to either, like, go passive or just, like, let her have it. That was, like, the two ways I knew how to do it. I didn't know how to walk in love towards her. I didn't know how to call her in to the love of Jesus. I'm wondering if you've been there. Perhaps you are there. Do you have a, is there a conversation you need to have that you've avoided? Uh, is there a behavior uh, that someone is um, engaging in that is hurtful to you? or to themselves, or to society as a whole, that you want to address, that you want to talk with them, you want to challenge them, but you don't know how to do it. Or maybe, maybe you are really good at calling stuff out, naming what's wrong, and saying, my way or the highway, you need to get your your act together, or move on. Some of us go passive, some of us like go super overpoweringly, like name it, and call people out. Um, but I believe that there is a better way that Jesus invites us into uh, than just kind of checking out, hanging out, or calling out. Uh, he doesn't call us to cancel people that disagree with us. He doesn't call us to merely consent to what people are doing and cosign to their behavior. He, Christ is inviting us to call in everyone to the transforming center of God's love. So I want to help us do this. There's a way of Jesus that doesn't consent to harmful behavior, nor does it cancel or coerce or manipulate or overpower people to change. There's a way of love. So back to John 1.14. This is a beautiful passage in the midst of John 1, 1 through uh, 18, where uh, this prologue of John tells us who this Jesus is. And he reveals that this Jesus who's come in the flesh is actually the word of God, the logos of God, the word, um, the, capital W, okay? This is, uh, what this passage is saying is that Jesus is what God has to say. Like, if you want to know what God wants us to know about him, about about how to live, about how to love, about how to be human, about what God is like. He says, Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, his teaching, his behavior, his posture. This is what God has to say to the world. And so it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus not only shows us what God is like, which we say a lot around here, but he also shows us what it's like to be truly human. He's fully God, fully human. And so he doesn't just show us what God is like. He shows us what, how to live as human beings in the way that God created us to be. So we can live like Jesus because Jesus lives as human beings were intended to live. 
And what this says is, he reveals the glory of God, and the glory is as of the only Son from the Father, full. What is this glory? We've seen his glory. It's full of grace and truth. So Jesus reveals God and reveals humanity and and shows that God and humanity, we are to inhabit, to live, to embody two things, grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Let me define those two things. Number one, grace is all about relationship. Grace is God. We're told, we're told that, and this is true, it's, it's partially true, but it's not fully true. It's fully true, but it's not the whole story. Grace is getting what we uh, don't deserve. We've heard that phrase before. But the, here's the thing we don't deserve. It's relationship with the living God of the universe. It's like grace is God's offering himself to us no matter what. Grace is God saying, I want communion with you. I want nearness to you. I want intimacy with you. I want to be with you. And I want to be with you no matter what. I made you. I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. Grace is all about relationship. And God's grace calls us into relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Grace is the invitation to be part of the holy community that is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and to be part of all who share in that holy community, the shared life of God. That's grace, relationship, truth. When we think of truth, we think of of telling it as it is. And usually in our context, truth is naming what's wrong, especially in context of relationship, right? It's like, I'm I'm just telling the truth, man. I just see how it is. I tell it how it is. I'm telling you the truth, and you, you stink, you know? You messed up. But here's God's truth. I believe actually truth in the context of human relationships is actually naming who people really are, who they were made to be. The truth is God made you full of dignity and worth. God made you to be someone who is fruitful and multiplies and cultivates the earth. God made you to contribute to the beauty of the world, to, the, to be creative and to be whole, and to exist in shalom. So the truth is your beauty as a created person of God. Now, is it true that we don't always live up to that truth? We don't live into who we really are? I think, I know it's true of me. I'll let you speak of yourself. I don't live into who I really am. I fall short of who God has made me to be. But the invitation is always, Hey, step into who you were made to be, to who you really are. And when we act in harmful, sinful, um, hurtful ways, we, we aren't just being the broken people we're supposed to be. We're not being who, it's not, that's, that's actually surprising. It's because God, that's acting like we weren't made to be. Does that make sense? We're not live, we're not behaving like we were made to be. We're dysfunctioning. We're not being who God made us to be. So, Grace, all about relationship. Grace is calling people into relationship, into intimacy, into solidarity. Truth is naming who we were made to be, reminding us of who we really are in Christ. Grace and truth together equal love. If Jesus is full of grace and truth, and Jesus shows us what God is really like, and God is love, then grace and truth is love. And how we live in love is the extent to which we live in love is the extent to which we max out grace and truth in relationship to one another. Is that making sense?
grace and truth. So Jesus walks in a posture of love. Jesus walks in full grace and truth. He was not a pushover, and he was not an overpowering jerk. All right? He was full of grace and truth, calling people into relationship, calling people into responsibility, into who they really are. Because if you're made to be a way by God, you do have responsibility to live into that. That is our responsibility. That is our call. It's like Spider-Man, right? What did, Peter, what did Grandpa say to Peter Parker? With great what, power comes responsibility. You've all been given great power. You've all been given great destiny. You've been made for something. And with that comes responsibility. So when we're calling each other, when we're postured in truth towards one another, we're calling people into the, who they really are and into the responsibility that comes with being created in the image of God, all right? So Jesus does this perfectly. He lives in love. He's postured in love, full of grace and truth. One last thing before I'm going to jump into some graphs. Some of you have seen this before. Some of you have really practiced this before. But we're, this is the first time I've ever uh, done a, a public sermon on this. It, and it's something that we will talk about in small groups and learn to live in. But this is grace and truth. And so one last thing. Jesus didn't like balance between grace and truth. He wasn't good cop, bad cop, okay? This is kind of our imagination for it. Well, I'm going to be really nice, and if nice doesn't work, I'm going to hit him upside the head. Or I've been too nice, so I need to balance my niceness with toughness, you know? This isn't, he didn't, he didn't, it's not a balancing act. He's 100% full of grace, 100% of truth, full on in, and that equals love. Full on in. So here it is, grace and truth. Give me the next slide here. We can map this out on a little, um, I don't know if it's called a matrix, but there's quadrants here. High grace, high truth, that's where Jesus lives. Full 100% grace, 100% truth. However, we struggle with this, uh, trying to live into our humanity and to live into what God has called us, live into love. We struggle to be 100% grace, 100% truth. So there's shadow sides of love, ways that we, 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 ways of being that we name love, but aren't really love. They're the shadow side. So let's start with high truth, low grace. This is all about naming truth and not a lot of relationship, all right? What this culture, a culture, maybe you've been a part of a culture like this, a family culture, a church culture, a work culture. This is call out. We're going to call out. We're all about, we're truth warriors. And we're going to name what's wrong and name what's right and ask you to line up. We're going to call you out if you're not doing it. And the, the culture of power around this is overpowering people. This is like getting louder, bigger, and louder. We see this in parenting. Like when our kids won't do what we want them to do, what do we do? We get bigger and louder. You obey me. And they're like, no, you better obey me. You know, and we, we move. We get bigger and louder because we're trying to overpower them and co co coerce them, force them. And, and that's not what love looks like. That's not what love lives like. That's not God's posture towards us. But so often that's where we go. That's where I went with my uh, administrative assistant, right? I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I just blew up. The other side is high grace, low truth. We are all about maintaining relationship at the expense of naming the truth and, say, and setting boundaries. We're, we will preserve the relationship at all costs, right? This is hangout culture. 
This is like, I'm going to hang out. I don't, there's a big elephant in the room, like your toxic, harmful behavior towards me and towards other people, but I'm just going to take it because I don't want to be in, uh, I don't like conflict or I'm afraid. I don't know how to do it. So we hang out. We're just hanging out. We're watching movies. We're, we're going to coffee. We're just not naming all the stuff that needs to be named. We absorb the abuse and the hurt, but we're just hanging out. Now with this, anyone live there? Okay, sorry. All right, so this disempowers people. This disempowers people because Jesus' love empowers us, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but love actually empowers us to live into who we were made to be. But if I never name someone who someone really is, how God made someone to live, and I don't name how that's not occurring or talk through with that with somebody, we are robbing someone, we're disempowering them to actually engage and um, step into a life of discipleship and surrender and consent to the love of God. So hang out. Low truth, low grace. You're like, well, what is that? It's a blob, right? It's checkout. This is ghosting people. This is like, I don't want to hang out with you because that's exhausting. And I don't want to be the truth police. That's exhausting because it's hard to like maintain, like name everything that's wrong. It's also really exhausting to like live in the tension of this is happening and I can't speak into. So I'm just checking out. And that's just withholding power to your, for yourself, saying, I'm just going to do it. I don't care about this person. I'm out. And I just, all of a sudden, that's when you're like unfriended from Facebook. You're like, wait a minute, I thought we were, fr- wait, uh, I haven't, s- oh, oh, what happened? You know, and we've done that to others and they've done it to us. Um, it's like, uh, you know, the constant like, hey, we should hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. Okay, so check out, check out. All right, where we want to be, high grace, high truth, This is the vision that Jesus invites us into. We want to call people in. We're going to call people out. We're not just going to hang out. We're not checking out. We're calling in. What are we calling them into? Grace and truth. Calling them into relationship. Be, I'm with you. I'm with you. Calling them into the responsibility. This is who you are. This is how the way you're living may not, I'm wondering if if you're living into who God's actually uh, created you to be. I want to call you into relationship, call you into responsibility, 100% grace, 100% truth. This empowers people to set a boundary and say, hey, this is, this is something that is hurtful to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it. I'm asking that you don't do this anymore. That's giving them a choice. And that's loving. And we're calling them in calling them in to the center of God's transforming love. All right. Let me give you an example of how this um, might work out. Here's the context of uh, parenting. A few years ago, several years ago, when um, my kids were young, I heard uh, a fight happening upstairs. All H-E double hockey sticks, right? We're, we're breaking loose, cries, weeping, gnashing of teeth. And I go up, and, and what happened, someone was hit. Right? Are both my kids gone? Or Jackson's asleep? That's cool. All right. So um, I go up. What happened? And Julia's like, Jackson hit me. Now he's young. He hasn't hit his sister for a while. But Jackson hit me. And so here, I, my imagination, I could, I, could, I could call him out. 
you don't do that. We don't do that. You're hurting people. I could hit him for hitting. And then I could put him um, in timeout. All right? So that's not how we behave. That's not how we act. Okay? I could check out and be like, See, why don't you guys just watch TV? Okay, <laughs> go. I can hang out, act if nothing's, as if nothing's happening, or just try to, just okay, just say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry. You say you're sorry. All right, make it better. Okay, good. You guys love each other? Okay, cool. Say you love each other. Say it. Say it. Okay, so that's, those are some of the ways I could go. But what is high grace, high truth? And I'm constantly learning, but in this moment, I believe I nailed it. All right. So this is one of, this is one of the times I got, I got it. I got it. So I'm going to share it. Okay. But I've still, it's a constant challenge to try to understand um, what this looks like. So I took Jackson aside. I brought him close. I, I brought him into my room. I sat down. I brought him, I got at his level and I said, Hey, Jackson, I held him. I said, I love you. I love you. And you are a strong boy. And you used your strength to hurt and to harm your little sister because you weren't getting what you want, right? Yes. You used your strength to try to get what she wouldn't give you. But that's not what your strength is for. Now I'm calling, so that's calling into relationship. I brought him close. I love him. I'm with him. I'm for him. We're in this together. Now I'm calling him into responsibility. What's his strength for? What, what did God give him strength for? To protect, to provide, um, to lift up, and not to push down. I told him that. Your strength is to protect and to support and to lift up your little sister. And that's not what you did, is it? No, no, it's not. So you were made, God made you to be strong, and he made you to be strong for others, to love others, to stand up for others, to protect others. And that's not what we did. Now, there's still consequences, right, for hitting your sister. Now, we're still going to go exchange apologies. Now, we're going, we're, you know, you've got consequences. I can't remember what the consequences were. But that would be, I think, an example of what that might look like in the context of parenting. It's naming, the truth is naming who he is. The grace is bringing him close, and I'm with, we're in this together, and calling him in to both of those things. I think that's what love lives like. And I got it right once, all right? And so I, I want, I think it, and I'm sure I could have done things differently, but that is, I believe, the vision of what we're kind of talking about. And what if, what if a community what if marriages, what if churches, what if friends, what if we called one another in like that when something was going on? That's what a centered life looks like. That's what a, a, a calling people in to the love of Jesus. It's not ignoring. It's not consenting blindly to whatever's happening. It's not canceling whatever goes wrong. It's lovingly calling people in to grace and truth, into relationship, into responsibility. So in a world that ruthlessly cancels all that they disagree with or weakly consents to everything done under the sun, Christ invites us to call in everyone to the center of God's love. So I want to ask you, where do you plot yourself on this little grid here? And I'm going to ask that in a couple different ways. Where is your default? 
Some of us are just hangout people. Like we just don't like conflict and that's just like a personality and we're just like, mm. and we head towards the left side of the graph, the hangout checkout side. Other of us uh, are like, no, I'm going to name it. I'm a truth teller. I'm a justice seeker. Um, if you're familiar with the Enneagram and stuff, we're going to, different personality types would map out onto all this stuff. But are you a call out person? I just say it the way it is. It's the way it is, man. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. You know, it's going to call it out. Um, where are you in general? But then in different areas of your life, you're going to be at different places. You're going to operate in shadow sides of love, different places. So what are you in your marriage? What are you in your relationship with your kids, whether they're old or young? Where are you with your friends? Where are you with your crazy uncle who has crazy political ideas? Where are you? Where do you map out? Maybe there's different relationships where you're at different places. But the invitation of God is to live in love, call people into their uh, into relationship and into their responsibility. And that requires, that's, that's difficult, and it requires a lot of discernment, and it requires the empowering of the Holy Spirit. But what would it look like to shift towards calling people in? to amp up your grace and your truth, and to walk in calling, uh, walk in love. So if you would stand, I'm going to invite uh, TJ back up here. We're going to sing um, one last song. And I do have a prayer up here, a response that we can do together. And as we sing, I would love for you to invite the Holy Spirit to, I don't know what area, I don't know where you plot yourself, where you land, what you're default is, where you are in your different relationships, but I think maybe the Holy Spirit would invite you um, and, and speak to you regarding one of those areas, one of those spheres of your life. And so we're going to thank him, because this is the truth. God in Christ, by his Spirit, always is calling us in. He's always, he's never leading us, he's never canceling us, he's calling us in. He's not just hanging out either. He wants us to live in love and to be transformed by his love. So we're being called in so we can thank God for that. And then I want you to fill in the blank. Who's that person? What's that relationship that you can kind of step into, uh, calling them in to the transforming center of, of God's love? So that's what we'll pray. Let's stand. If you're near a light switch, would you turn it off?